I'm Kyle Sparrow, the Eagle of the New England Free Jacks, and you're listening to the Jacks Rangers. Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. Welcome to episode 28. I am broadcasting from the beautiful Granite Outpost in Manchester, New Hampshire. Welcome to No Mercy Week. Let's get right into it. Kick that MF and mule, baby! Welcome to round three. The bye week is over. Here we go, baby. Let's get right into it. First sponsorship I wanted to mention to you is the only sponsorship that we have at this point. That is the Jax Rangers Show Merchandise Store. That is over at jaxrangers.com forward slash store. Get all your Jax Rangers merchandise prior to the first game of the season, which is March the 12th. I'll be rocking my merch there. Hope to see you rocking yours. On this episode 28 here, we're in round three. We've got DC up next. They're drawing the short and the sick this week up against us. They're 0-2, looking terrible. We'll get further into that in the Outriders segment. But I got two excellent guests as well during this episode. We've got the legendary Bill Baker, the man behind the Eagle-Eyed podcast and also Eagles Overseas on social media. He is a Free Jacks fan. We get into the Free Jacks a little bit and also his prediction for Free Jacks versus DC and and we've got our buddy from Rugby Morning, an excellent newsletter that everybody should sign up for. Highly recommend it. John Fitzpatrick is joining us. He is the resident DC fan that we know, the only one that we know. So we had him jump on to the podcast and talk to us a little bit here, talking about the game upcoming on Friday. Got his prediction as well. So let's jump right into it, guys. So the format will be this. We'll have both interviews first, Bill Baker and also John Fitzpatrick. And at the end, we will have the Outriders segment where where we break down the game against Old Glory DC that's happening on Friday and giving our score prediction and the key to the game. So I'll uh, be back with you after the segments to close up shop. Y'all know what the deal is at this point. Let's go Free Jacks. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. We've got a very special guest this time around. Bill Baker from Eagles Overseas and Eagle Odd Podcast is here with us. Bill, how the hell are you? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. You're welcome. Uh, this has been great. So, I'm, uh, you know, we actually used to be seat neighbors at the old uh, Fort Union Point as season ticket holders. Yeah. So that's how we got introduced. And I didn't realize that you were doing this, but, you know, I, I quickly found out that this is something that you do. And I just think it's so awesome. You know, you're highlighting uh, Eagles out there in the, in the world of rugby. So, yeah, this is great. Where are you from? Uh, I'm actually originally from New Hampshire, uh, from Keene, New Hampshire, uh, but now I live just north of Boston. Okay, right on. Yeah, I live in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, been up here for 12 years. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Live free or die. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, actually, I'm in the other Manchester. I'm in the Manchester by the sea. Over okay. Over by Gloucester. So close. Right. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Pretty cool. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. What is your origin story with rugby? Uh, origin story, actually, I started playing in college at Keene State College. Um, and, you know, like the story of most people, they just you know, fell in love with it right away. And, and you know, what, what really got me into it uh, was was uh, a buddy of mine, a couple of buddies of mine were like, hey, you should come out and try this thing called rugby. And 
I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was playing basketball at one point early on. And, uh, you know, in high school, I played uh, uh, football and two. And, um, and so I finally went out to a party with these guys. And uh, I was like, hey, yeah, our old boys match against our old boys. And, you know, uh, and, and very first match was against Plymouth State up in New Hampshire and got my butt kicked, to tell you the truth. And uh, I played lock for the first and maybe one of four times ever and uh, fell in love with it, man. It just from there, it just spiraled into playing down in Atlanta a number of years and then um, and getting involved with doing what I'm doing now. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Plug your social media and tell us about your podcast. Sure. So social media is uh, Eagles overseas on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok now, which, yeah, don't get me going on that one. Um, and so on social media, I'm covering, obviously, I'm covering the players that play overseas, mostly, um, and general USA rugby stuff as well. But the niche is, uh, or are the players who are playing professionally or, or club-wise overseas. Um, and then the podcast is, uh, is called the Eagle-Eyed rugby podcast to have you know these guys have a story these gir girls and guys have a story i think it's worth telling and i think guys like you and us um love doing this stuff and, and are giving them an avenue to talk about the game and talk about themselves with it and and hopefully we can get some funny stories out of them for it yeah i mean absolutely it's, it's been it's been a pleasure listening to a lot of the stuff that you do um, one of those things we're going to talk about a little bit later that you're um, collaborating with uh, the, the gentleman from Rugby Morning, John Fitzpatrick. We'll get into that a little bit later. But who do you think is the most compelling guest that you've had so far? Who's had you at the edge of your seat listening to their story? Oh, boy, edge of the seat. I don't know about edge of the seat, but we've had some good laughs. Um, you know, uh, Blaine Scully was a lot of fun to talk to. Um, you know, going back to some older names like Chris Wiles, we got the we that was a lot of fun talking because we talked a lot about uh, about beer, which is funny. You know, I think about ninety percent of that thing was about beer. At the end, it was fine. Like, you know, Chris, I feel like we should talk about rugby a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that, and and uh, like yourself, you interviewed Mags. I, I just interviewed him a few weeks ago, and then pushed his podcast next week or two. Um, he, he's really intriguing too. He's a, a really smart guy, and he's got an incredible history in the game. Um, I mean, his resume is like eight pages long as far as everything he's done in the game. And so, you know, I, I told him, I was like, listen, I'd love to talk about every step, but we, no one's going to listen to a four hour podcast. <laughs> so um, we, we touched on his, his playing days and how he was actually on the team uh, that that movie Forever Strong was based on in high school. Um, you know, he, he was a lot of fun talking a lot. He's really easy to talk to. Obviously, he just loves, like us, loves sharing about the game. Um, other than that, there were some others out there that were fun to talk to, like the women, like Carly Waters, um, is so fun. She's so excited to be playing overseas right. professionally. Um, and she has a great story, you know, and, and I do have some, I do have some guests on my wish list. I'm still trying to get, uh, I know Paul Asike has something to say, uh, about what's been going, what he's been going through. So I've been, we've been going back and forth for like literally three months and it just hasn't worked out. So gotcha. uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, man, I highly recommend everybody listening to this to go check out the Eagle Eye podcast. It's excellent, excellent work on Bill's part. Uh, couldn't recommend it enough. Really enjoy it. Um, do you think the Eagles will win the World Cup within our lifetime? 
Oh, God, that's a tough one. I, I think we're safer saying they'll compete um, at a World Cup level, if you know what I mean, uh, yeah. before winning it. Uh, I do think it's the right trajectory, trajectory where we're on right now with Major League Rugby, but uh, still a ways to go. I think our goal needs to be, um, can we be competitive uh, in 2031 in front of a home crowd? That should sure. be the, the goal. Not win it, be competitive, and uh, see where we go from there. Man, if we could get out of our group stage, that would be amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like at home, win a couple games yeah. in the pool, you know, uh, you know, really sh show excellent rugby on the pitch and, and look like we know what we're doing. Sometimes at USA Eagles, when they play superior competition, it looks like they forgot how to play rugby sometimes. So it, it is frustrating, but, you know, we got a ways to go here until the Rugby World Cup is potentially on our, our home soil. So hopefully we'll look a little bit better in about nine years' time. Tell us about the USA Rugby Happy Hour. Yeah, we got time. With John Fitzpatrick from Rugby Morning. Yeah, so John and I have been uh, partnering up on some stuff with his Rugby Morning uh, newsletter and what I do uh, for a while. And then uh, late last year, uh, well, actually not late last year, uh, mid, late, mid early last year. Jeez, where was I going with that one? Um, we went back and forth about how interesting it would do. It would be to maybe have a live show like a live podcast and so clubhouse audio app was becoming big at that point you know it was really growing people were going what's this clubhouse thing so we jumped on and we saw a, an opportunity no one else there were barely any other rugby uh room clubhouse for an hour which no one really needs to hear just us two talking <laughs> but we we're talking for an hour and we had like you know eight to 15 people jump in and we realized, okay, these people came in, they talked, and it was such a neat thing, um, you know, to do, to be able to have fans um, actually ask podcasters or ask guests questions uh, in person or, you know, uh, uh, live, you know, that kind of, instead of just listening to a podcast. So that, that started to work out well. And then we just recently uh, started a second season, but we switched over to Twitter Spaces uh, to try to get, uh, you know, more listeners, because Twitter is definitely more used than Clubhouse. Right. Uh, and the first show again with George Killebrew, we, we doubled our listenership by doing that, which is great. That's, nice. that's more than we were expecting. And so we're hoping to build it because, again, you've been on it. You've, you've asked some questions on it, which has been great. Uh, but just that, that, uh, that chick about this, you know, instead of just going through Twitter and, and trying to read up an article and stuff. So it's a, still a niche. I think we're still the only ones doing it here in the United States. I know Down Stanford did a couple with world rugby during the HSBC tour, uh, which, which I jumped in a couple of those. I honestly jumped in a couple of those just to figure out how to do it. Right. <laughs> uh, but I think it's something that that's going to grow and I'd love to see other people get into it. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be just, um, you know, Eagles overseas and rugby morning doing it. I mean, it'd be great to have, you know, a free Jack people like yourself doing one with free Jacks fans, that kind of stuff, you know, and get a guest on. I think it's, it's a, it's another uh, avenue to talk about the game and, and, and push it. Yeah, for sure. We love content over here at the Jacks Ranger show. We put out graphics, we do podcasts, sometimes we do videos, but I think Twitter spaces is something that we can explore, like maybe have a player on for an hour or, you know, do look at a preseason uh, yeah. or excuse me, a pregame episode uh, right before a kickoff or something like that for maybe like 30 minutes and break down, you know, the opponent and, and who we think is going to, uh, you know, what the score is going to be, who's going to be the MVP of the game, all of that stuff. You know, there's a great opportunity 
opportunity on Twitter to do these sort of things and collaborate with people. So yeah, I, I will definitely look into that a little bit more. I mean, I've really enjoyed your Twitter spaces that you've done with John. I think they're awesome. So yeah, I think that's something that we could definitely pursue. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, what has been, I know that you're a free Jacks fan, you know, well, something you should think about with that. Go ahead. I think there's yeah. sorry, there's a bit of a oh, thing about with that is, um, the, the, yeah, there is. <laughs> it's all good. But uh, uh, for you, I think it, it you could actually get some good listenership on Twitter Spaces because your uh, time zone is here. It's New England, right? right? Yes. So you can do it at lunch, and it's everybody's lunch. You know, for us, we're doing it at nine o'clock at night because we have West Coast. Right. Uh, we had people from Australia, as you heard, uh, listening in and talking. You know, so we have a worldwide audience you know we did it at five i think or four uh, originally uh which was tough here in the states you know people are not gonna be listening to a live show we're working although uh, one guy in australia is a banker he was working at 1.30 still <laughs> So you're you're a Free Jacks fan. Um, we've sat beside each other at games before. In, in fact, like the, the last game of the season, we were also kind of paired up, which was a weird coincidence, but uh, very interesting. Yeah. What was your first impression of the first full season of the Free Jacks, looking back? Uh, you know, I I, uh, I really enjoyed it. I liked the, um, you know, uh, the Free Jacks went through their bumps, you know, both on and off the field, you know, I guess like any organization would do the first year that they're going. Yeah. Uh, but I thought they did really well. And they just missed out in the playoffs by what, 10 points, something like that. So, you know, I, I think it's the right place. And if you look at, uh, you know, meeting TK a number of times, Mags and all those guys, getting to talk to them and and hearing their professionalism and, and their excitement for it, just like we are, you know, it's, right. that's what you want. You want that from the ownership. And they're doing an awesome job. And, and honestly, we, they need to keep going with this until, you know, we can talk about this later, but until the Free Jacks lose TK, because it's a matter of time until he's a GM or a coach with another team. But, um, you know, I, I just, they had, they did the best they could at down in, um, uh, you know, the field south of Boston. Yeah. But then once we got to that last game where we still sat next to each other at, at Veterans, right. um, that was a great atmosphere. It was, you know, a nighttime game. It was, it was a uh, festival atmosphere. It was smoke from the food. There was music. There was you know, a good crowd. And so that's the kind of stuff you need, especially when bringing in the new fans, like friends that don't know the game, you bring it to a game and they're like, yeah. this is fun. Right. You know, it's not just a game on the field. So yeah. I was really excited about last year. I think, I think it went well and, and it just makes you really even more excited about this year. Oh, for sure. I, I think, you know, the, the organization has grown from leaps and bounds from their first season. And I think this year, that first home game is going to be stellar, man. I mean, right before St. Patrick's Day, mm -hmm. right outside of Boston, they're going to be wearing a special kit. Uh, it's just going to be madness. It's going to be a lot of fun for sure. And I'm, I'm really excited. I, I hope they sell out. It, you know, the atmosphere, I think it um, for uh, Quincy is going to be fantastic all year long, but that first game, man, I think is really going to be a great stepping stone for the organization. And it's really kind of like they're evolving, right? They, they, they had some issues with, uh, they knew yeah. that they had some issues at Fort uh, Union Point with, uh, they had to put so much bandwidth as Mags calls it into just kind of getting everything together for a game day. And they have all that experience now. So they're just building um, you know, not right. just the organization, not just the, the you know, the, the, uh, the players on the field, but the staff are just getting better at this. And you can tell for sure. Uh, what has been your favorite moment as a Jacks fan right. so far? Oh, Jacks fan, huh? 
Um, geez, that's a great question. You know, honestly, it's, it's probably a lot, not just one moment. I think it's the whole beginning of things when, um, you know, we were all meeting at the pub in, in Boston and yeah. meeting some of the players and doing that, you know, family members events that just, I don't know, it got me excited because we talked about professional rugby for many, many years, but to be there now and be around you know, the players who played in the, um, with the Clara cup, you know, who are officially professional rugby players right. playing in new England. I think, yeah, if I think about it, I really think it's the off the field thing. I think it's like those first events in Boston that really got you, got you going. It got you wanted to invest more in, in that whole idea of professional rugby in new England. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, just just the excitement at the field too. You know, I know they went again and they went through their problems there, but in Weymouth, but um, you know, just again kicking off and having music and, and playing rugby and sitting next to fans of. Uh, I, I I didn't play uh, men's level in, in Boston, but I can imagine if you're sitting in the stands with other teams' players, you're still gonna high five and stuff when you have a good time. So seeing that atmosphere is it. So yeah, going back, I think it's those first events at the pubs really got it going. Yeah. I mean, I tell people this all the time, but it's a culmination of a dream of so many, many people in the New England area to see a professional rugby team that they can support, um, you know, having played the game a long, long time ago at this point and, and now seeing professional rugby. When I've been talking about this, like how great would it be if we had a professional team to root for since I was 17 years old? I've always wanted that. You know, you could pick your teams overseas, right? If there's Americans on a team like in sale or whatever in England, but I mean, that's, there's a disconnect there because they're an ocean away. You want to root from that for that home team and we can do that now. So we're very fortunate uh, to be able to experience that for sure. What is your impression of the team yeah. this year? And what do you think, where do you think we'll end up in the, the playoff hunt? I'm uh, I'm extremely impressed with the uh, people they picked up this this off season, uh, you know, and just touching off that, you know, I think the team is definitely a playoff bound team. I, I really don't think there's a lot of teams in the East right now, although New York looked pretty good yesterday. Um, Nola losing two games already. Atlanta looks strong, yeah. but I really do think uh, uh, it's it's possibly Atlanta and New England's uh, um, playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but you look at the the people that the team. You look at the team they picked up. I think they they got stronger, you know, in the off season. There's some players stuff and showing up because of visa issues, and you know when they get here, think how much bigger and, and more impressive they're going to get. And again, the head coach is a strong head coach. Um, I really do think, and they have the leadership from last year still. I know Dougie's out for a few games, but he's extremely important to the team. Joe Johnson, all these guys are still there. You know, the root the, the, the Waka is still there. You know, so and it's not it's not like they have eight draft picks or guys that don't have experience coming in. They got people with Maori all black experience coming in, that kind of stuff. So, um, and, and, you know, I, I don't know if, if it's a, a, a false excitement, let's say, because free Jacks do so well with their social media um, that we see everything that's going on. And there are other teams that don't do as well. You know, Houston has been lately been crap to tell you, sorry, they've been to tell you the truth. And they got a lot of the great players. They haven't said anything about yet. And all of a sudden I look at their lineup and then, Oh, right, look at that Danny Barrett or, Milan Al-Jabori is in their teams. Like, where do these guys come from? So I just, I think the free Jacks got it all together. And I think that that works from the top down. I think, I think the free Jacks have an extremely good chance at least making the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's the best organization in MLR. And, you know, I've said this, that they, they have to, you know, meet that 
level on the pitch, and I feel like they're doing that. Especially, I mean, we've seen one game so far, right? But I think this team is a playoff team. I keep saying, get your ass in the playoffs and yeah. see what happens, and I think that they will find themselves there. And I think you can really look at the organization and say they believe that too because just look at TK's moves recently. He's added two international um, player spots to the roster. They're up to 12 now. So, you know, if you can look at that and say they believe that they can yeah. go all the way, um, they're in it to win it, I think, uh, with adding those additional um, international player spots. They're kind of uh, forsaking the future um, by giving up some picks uh, to try to bring in as many uh, or have as many international players on the roster, uh, the game day roster as possible, because I think that they believe that they can win the whole thing, which is encouraging as a Free Jacks fan. I mean, we want to have a competitive team to watch. Um, this area is, I mean, it's championship rich, right? You're, if you're not contending for a championship, kind of people tune out. They, they, they're like, oh, this is, this is not worth watching because we're so used to championship contenders around here. So, right. For sure. <laughs> um, let me see here. What, is, what are you most excited for this year in MLR? MLR as a whole, huh? Um, you know, uh, that's a good question. Um, we thought about as a whole, you know, it's it's always free jacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm happy, or I think maybe I think happy is a word for it. I think uh, Toronto playing at their home field now, which I haven't yeah. played in Atlanta, is going to be big for the league. Yeah, uh, big for them. I know they haven't have start, they haven't started off great yet, but you know, um, LA Guillotini. I think there's a lot of storylines this year. You know, can the Guillotinis repeat? You know. If not, who's it going to be? Is this, is this San Diego? San Diego, they got some really good players. You know, Will Hooley's with them now. And, yeah. you know, Seattle looks good again. You know, they yeah. didn't look good at all last year, but it looks like they have some strength behind them, you know. So sure. um, they're going to have, you know, and Houston beating them the first game. I mean, right there alone makes me think, okay, uh, maybe I wasn't right about certain things going to the league. So I think it's still – the excitement is not knowing for sure that it is guilty and he's going to win the whole thing. You know, it's, it's a chance of Dallas doing well. Dallas actually plays well in these yeah. games, you know, and they have oh, a beautiful yeah. stadium. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that stuff excites me. Um, and then also the excitement of the uh, next year is when we find out the expansion teams, which should probably be about two of them apparently. Yeah, that's fantastic. I hope it is Midwest teams and, and all signs kind of point to that area. If you look on a map, you know, we've got the South covered, we got the coasts covered, but the middle of the country is, is mm -hmm. kind of barren. So we definitely got to get that sorted out at the MLR level. So hopefully we'll see two um, great Midwestern cities uh, jump on board and that would be great. Um, what is your score prediction for yeah. the game against DC and why do you think uh, it'll go that way? Who score prediction against DC? Well, um, you know, after the first game, I was a little worried about DC, although they got destroyed by Atlanta. Um, I was worried about them because, you know, they didn't seem like them. You know, there's no way that they, they, they give up 50 points, whatever. Uh, and then they do it again <laughs> this weekend. So, uh, and then coming off a of bye week is tough. However, I thought about this the other day. I think this may not be bad for the for the free drafts because that game the other day was kind of like a, a scrimmage. It was a real game, obviously, but that was a, uh, a preseason match. Got two weeks to learn off what they didn't do right in that match and get ready for DC. Now, DC just has not looked good in two games. Mm -hmm. So initially I thought, okay, we could lose that game, but now I'm like, man, nah, 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 we're not losing that game. Um, <laughs> uh, so the prediction would probably be, I'm going to say at least by three tries. So I'm going to say 36, uh, 10. Okay. Jacks. 
Perfect. Yeah. My prediction is 31 for free Jacks and DC is probably going to have like 17. I, I think I could probably go even ha- higher and you know, just load up on tries for that. We're going to score, but I don't know. I, I feel I'm feeling generous for DC fans out there. So I'll just say that they'll lose only by two tries. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about one word association. We do this on every single episode. So I'm going to say one or two words here. And the first thing that pops in your mind, just throw it back at me. Okay. All right. Atlanta Braves. Uh, my old employer. Yes. <laughs> I knew this about you. I saw that you have a, a championship world series championship <laughs> ring from like the nineties from them. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, NLCS ring, yeah. Yeah, yeah. very nice. Um, uh, USA Eagles is the next one. <laughs> Somewhere I never reached. Um, no, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, like you said earlier, I think uh, um, future contenders. Yeah, very nice. Uh, John Fitzpatrick, your your buddy. I never called him Fitzy until our lives. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I missed that. Uh, the, the the internet connection was unstable. So, what is your one word association for John? Oh. <laughs> uh, for for John, it's uh, it's Fitzy actually. Okay. Uh, I've never called him Fitzy, and during our live show the other day with Dan Power, Dan called him. Time. So uh, for now, I want that's 50. All right, perfect. Free Jacks. Ooh, hometown, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, Eagles overseas. Whew, okay, let's uh, pat myself back a little bit here. Uh, number one source. There you Eagles go. overseas information about your Eagles overseas. <laughs> Perfect. And the final one here is Jack's Rangers. Awesome work, man. I, I just awesome work. Can I do that phrase? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're the man. Thanks, man. And my old and my old uh, season ticket partner next to me. Yeah. So I don't know where you are now, but we'll see where you are. <laughs> I'm in section five. Yeah. So if you're not so by me. Then just stop by every single game because we'll, you know, we'll uh, relive some memories. Of course. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been great, Bill. I appreciate it very much. Uh, you are the man. I appreciate what you're putting out there in terms of content. So you're awesome, dude. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So we say one hey, word. I really appreciate this time. It's a lot of fun talking to you and uh, looking forward to seeing you. Oh, yeah. So we say one word to get out of here um, in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I've got a very special guest this time around joining us from D.C. His name is John Fitzpatrick. He is the curator. He is the founder of Rugby Morning. John, how the hell are you? Doing great, Phil. How you doing? Not too bad, my brother. Uh, Very happy to be here with you. Tell us where you're from. Sure. So I was born and raised in the good old state of Maryland, um, originally Hydesville, Maryland, which is in Prince George's County, which is just east of Washington, D.C. Um, And uh, D.C. is where my wife and three kids, we live right now. So we're just living the dream here in the capital city. Very cool, man. Very cool. Uh, So I got recruited uh, to play at um, 
Maryland, but I decided to go to South Carolina instead. I really enjoyed my time there uh, visiting uh, Maryland, but uh, yeah, decided to go uh, stay home in South Carolina. Maryland's got a good program. We played them. I went to American University and we okay. played Maryland. They have a couple of sides, but we always enjoyed going down to College Park. They always had a good time. It was a fun little drink up afterwards. Is that where your origin story starts with rugby in college? Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think right, like a good majority of, of players in the U.S., it, it started in college. Like rugby mm-hmm. found me there. Um, I, was a, um, I was a three-sport athlete um, in high school. I have a twin brother, so I had a natural competitor, and we we played football, we wrestled, and and played lacrosse. Um, and post high school, when I was looking at colleges, I was kind of like thinking about, hey, you know, maybe I'll try and play Division three lacrosse. But you know, my heart just my heart just wasn't in it. Yeah. Um, I ended up staying local. I uh, went to American University, uh, which is really funny sidebar. Uh, I studied abroad in Australia, and when talking with foreign students, they would ask you, hey, like where'd you go to college? And I would say American university. And they're like, yeah, we know which one. And I would go, well, American university. That's so they didn't like me too much, but, uh, uh, but um, I, um, I wanted to do something competitive. Um, I still wanted to play sports. There wasn't a club lacrosse team at the time at American. And I was just surfing the, the uh, club sports homepage. And it said men's club rugby, oldest active continuous club sport on campus. And I was like, what is rugby went on YouTube, saw a couple of videos of dudes getting racked and some guys sidestepping. And I was like, Holy moly, where's this been all my life. Right. So walked, I didn't even, there wasn't even like a, like a table on campus. I just went to the first practice and fell in love. And I was, you know, I was hooked ever since. And, you know, looking back on it, you know, my brother never played the sport, but he would have been perfect for it. Uh, his nickname in high school was, was Captain Furious because, you know, me and my brother were not the biggest, the biggest guys, but like we played football. And when I say we played football, I, I, I suited up, I warmed the bench and I played special teams. My brother played a little bit more than I did, but yeah. we weren't suited for football mm. rugby. We should have been on a rugby pitch playing scrum half or fly half or wing or fullback right. playing something competitive and fun and while I enjoyed playing high school football, I wish I would have played rugby when I was five or six years old. I wish I would have had a ball in my hand at that time. So, um, which is now, it's funny because actually now I help coach uh, my, uh, I've got three kids. My, my two oldest are, are six and four and I help coach their touch team. I'm like, hey, we're going to get a ball in their hands at a young age. We're going to, we're going to make this happen. So, perfect. Yeah. That's great. Tell us what rugby morning is and how did you get started with it? Yeah, you know, it was, it grew out of, um, during the pandemic, I was just kind of bored. And like most people, they were like, you got a couple extra hours on hand being home all the time. And it kind of grew out of the idea that, uh, you know, sometimes it's not the easiest to be a fan of rugby in the US, right? Like you really have to be dedicated to to, to search the blogs or go on social media or, you know, watch a pirated video to watch some top 14 action or something like that, right? right? So you know, I just thought there would be a way to, um, or you just you just can't keep on it because you don't have enough time in the day. So why not try and curate some of the, the news that's out there from men's and women's college rugby to MLR, right, to, to men's and women's Eagles, put it all together, make it bite-sized, quick and easy so that, you know, hey, if you're busy one day and you're not on social, you can wake up the next morning, it takes you five minutes, you can feel like you're informed and know what's going on. And just started putting it together. And I tell you, it's been a lot of fun because it's led me to, you know, being on podcasts like this, you know, a year yeah. ago, 
I wasn't going to be talking to the Free Jacks, no offense, but an Old Glory fan. But here we are. So, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. I loved it. That's awesome, man. So happy that you started this. I really enjoy it. We'll talk about it a little bit more further into the episode, but I'm a big fan. I tell everybody now, like, you got to sign up for this. Um, Love it. And so you're obviously a DC fan. Old Glory DC is playing right now. So um, <laughs> it's ugly right now, Phil. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough. But where does your passion from DC come from? Is it just because it's the hometown team? Yeah, for sure. It started there. Definitely a homer for, for the DC sports teams, uh, for all of them. And we had a couple of years there uh, where the Capitals won the Stanley Cup and then the Nationals won the World Series. We're not going to talk about the commanders, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's kind of started from there. Um, so when when uh, MLR announced that DC was going to get a team, I was really excited, particularly because who was involved with the team, um, which I really liked the, the local roots there um, from, from Dunleavy and Sheehy because Sheehy went to, uh, Gonzaga college high school, which is, um, here in Washington, DC, it's actually kind of a, a local rugby powerhouse. Um, my dad went to Gonzaga high school way back in the late sixties or so, I think before Sheehy's time. Okay. Um, so there is a connection with my family to Gonzaga high school and it's not far from where I live now. Uh, I run past it every now and then, but, um, and I really like, what um, Old Glory is doing in terms of how they're building that organization. It feels like there's a lot of stability there. They're not going to make a, a drastic change, which I think is is good right now because certainly they've got some some growing pains. But right. it's actually really funny when uh, when Old Glory announced that uh, they were going to have a team, uh, they had a few open tryouts like regionally throughout yeah. the country. And I turned to my wife and I was like, hey, Amy, look, it's 50 bucks. I mean, this is going to be like my last like whatever you know yeah. i basically asked her if i could go out and try out for the team she was like yeah just don't get hurt <laughs> so it was funny i treated it like a job interview okay. so the night before the night before i shaved because i wanted to look clean shaven right. not so much to make a good impression but because i wanted to look younger because uh, i was definitely five or six seven years older than most of the guys out there and i had a lot of grays and whites in the beard so i figured yeah. hey if i shave i'll look younger <laughs> all they had to do was look at the stat sheet and be like a 35 year old scrum half fly half who hasn't played competitively in 10 years. <laughs> it was fun. I had a blast. It was a miserably cold day, but yeah. if anyone from mobile DC is watching this, I would love to see if they still have the scouting report. If they had, if they didn't throw it away immediately, if they kept it, I'd love to be able to hear what they said. I can take it if it, if it was terrible, but um, got a Jersey out of it, but it was a lot of fun. So that's cool. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure they underlined experienced a couple times. <laughs> Uh, that's great. Um, so I want to be a little harsh with DC for just a second because, I, and this is honest to God, uh, John, sometimes I forget that they're in the league and I'm not even playing around. <laughs> um, what is the identity of old glory DC? Who is this team? You know what? That's a really good question. I think right now it's kind of a question mark. I think the identity of this team is that, um, not to say that they don't have one, but they're, they're a young team and yeah. they are, they are replacing a lot of key components um, from last year. Their entire front row um, has left and they all went to overseas, which is, which is great to see. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're a young squad, right? Um, you know, Jason Robertson, their fly half last year was dynamic. He had a quite the duo with Danny Tusitala. Now Danny's still there. And I think he's, he has to be the focal point of the offense right now because there's, there's a couple other pieces, but losing Robertson hurt. Losing Mungo Mason hurt. You know, 
those are big names. It's, it's, it's tough to uh, replace those. I th- and I think what was interesting was that when DC first came in the link, man, they came out of the gates, so they were on fire. They were having a great year. Obviously COVID happened, um, shut things down. Um, coming back the next year, just growing pains there. Um, you know, trying to, trying to recapture that, that magic from that first season. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I look at Old Glory DC, I, I overall, again, and take a step back from week one, right? Um, you look at that scoreline. If you just look at the stat sheet, you saw 56-22, you're thinking, oof, yeah. these guys got clobbered. Right. And while, yeah, they, they did get beat by a lot, at one point in the game, it was in the 57th minute, Old Glory scored. They were down five points. But then the last 20 minutes, they just got yeah. kind of run out, you know, and you kind of expect that from the Eastern Conference champs, you know, rugby ATL, and yep. they had a great game, and they're about to score right now. I think against Nola Star, I got the game up over here. No um, but it's a it's a it's a young team. They've got a couple of pieces who I think they can score, who can score. But again, I, I go back to this is an organization with st- with with stability in the sense that they're not going to make drastic changes. Right, the coach has been there for a bit. I think they want to continue to build. They've got some good young local players that have come up that are trying to develop. I just think. I think, we're, I think patience might be the word. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Fair. Nothing wrong with that. A slow build is perfectly fine. I mean, if your fan base is okay and is patient, I, I you know, that's perfectly fine. If the end result is yeah. winning a lot of games, then there's no, no big deal, right? They play in a great facility. Sagra Field is great. It's a little outside of D.C. Building a great fan base. I think there's a good community of rugby in the D.C. area. I just think um, – I think DC sports fans are are comfortable with giving our professional sports teams a little bit of time. All right. You were talking about how they really lost the game in the last 20 minutes last week. Is it, I keep hearing there's depth issues with DC and it's kind of glaring. Do you, do you buy into that at all? Um, I do a little bit because I think, you know, and, and DC's playing right now, uh, Mike Dabulous, who was, uh, who was, penciled in as their fly half, um, USA Eagle. Mm-hmm. He got hurt in the game. Um, so now, yeah, so he's not playing against all the gold. Hopefully he's back against um, Free Jack's game, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah. But so they've, they've got a couple other pieces that they've started to bring in right now. William, um, I'm going to struggle on his name. It's like Tala, Talania. He's a, he's, a, he's, he's a good player, but he's a, a player that I don't think too many people know about necessarily, right? So they got to plug him in now who they just picked up. Okay. Uh, in the off season, we talked about the front row that they had to replace entirely. Uh, Dante Lapresti, young guy who um, only had you know you know two or three starts last year for them. Every team's going to have injuries, right? Like that can't be an excuse, you know. So what's what's the game plan? How do you how do you build around that? I think depth's going to be an issue for for DC, and I think ultimately what you're going to see is there's going to be some guys that. Um, are going to have to step up, right? They're going to have to continue to find Danny Tutsitala to, to get the ball. They're going to have to find, to continue to get Palamo involved yeah. because yeah. he's he's a great player. Um, so I think that's a big issue, and um, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting season. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think you're in for a roller coaster for sure here. Um, what do they do well, and what do they need to improve to win this game against the Free Jacks? They play pretty well at home. Um, they beat New England last year um, at home, um, and then they turned around a couple of weeks later, and that was a really exciting game up there uh, yeah. that they lost by three. They play well at home. Um, I think they like playing at, at Segra Field. 
how are they going to beat? Um, well, I'll tell you what. DC got fortunate. I shouldn't say fortunate. New England got a bad deal with the Dougie Fife suspension. That was kind of crummy. So he's out for three games. Um, so I think I'm, I'm not quite answering the question. You may, you, may, you may wait the way you want me to answer it, but I'm going to answer it this way. All right. I think they know that um, the offense is being run through Bowden, who is yeah. dynamic playmaker, right? They're just going to have to pressure the crap out of him. They're just going to have to hound him. Yep. And then I think they're going to have to find – there's a couple of centers that I like um, for old glory. There's this guy, Junior Sow. He's a rugby league convert. He's 35. He's a little bit up there. Um, good player. I don't think too many folks know about him, uh, at least in the MLR. I think he's he could be a question mark, but he's exciting. He's a, he's a bruising runner, hard tackler. I think he's fun to watch. Um, if they can get him involved in the centers – keep New England off balance a little bit. We talked about Danny. That's, that's obvious. You know, Palamo, if he can run through some folks, but you know, Robert Sonata out there on the wing, if they can find uh, him in space and get him run, run in with the ball to keep mm-hmm. possession off of New England. I think that's how they win this game. I mean, I think, it, yeah, I think the only way old glory wins this game, if they keep it close. Um, but because uh, again, if Mike Dabulous isn't playing, he's he's a great young player. I really like him. But if he's out again, then um, they're going to have to find other ways to try and try and score the ball. I mean, this could be a team that is 0-2 coming to this game. They could be very desperate for a win, you know, so who knows? And, and as you were saying, this is a team that beat my New England Free Jacks at home there, down there in D.C. last season. And that was actually the first recording that we did as the Jacks Rangers show. It was that, right? that game. Um, I remember telling people on the Facebook group, I was like, this team – needs people yelling in their faces at halftime mm-hmm. because the Free Jacks played like crap in that first half. They looked awful. So, I mean, if D.C. can kind of get lucky and the Free Jacks are off of their game in the first half, maybe they can take control of the game and never look back. I don't know if that's what's going to happen. I would kind of guess towards no, but we'll have to see. Um, you've mentioned a couple of guys, and I know there's there's big names on D.C. that people already probably know because one is a legendary USA Eagle. The other one's kind of a star in the league at scrum half. But is there, other than those two guys, perhaps, uh, the people that uh, the Free Jacks should be – or Free Jacks fans should be aware of, who's the danger man on D.C.? Yeah, I mean, and it's funny you say, um, to go back to your original point about, yeah, I think Oakley will be 0-2 going into this game. They're already down 36 nothing to Austin. So I think that could potentially, and there's still about 10 minutes left in the first half, that could potentially play in, in Oakley's favor if they're staring down 0-3. They're at home. They don't want to do it. Bass against the wall. A must-win game this early in the season? Why not? You know, yeah. Or the season completely goes off the rails. So... Uh, but to answer your question, another big name uh, that I think probably folks, Free Jack fans are familiar, you know, particularly if you're a USA rugby fan, is number the eight man, Jameson Fernando Schultz. He's a great player. I think everyone knows about him. You know, I talked a little bit about Junior Sal, again, rugby league guy who I think um, I keep bringing him up. I watched a, a preseason game and I watched some of his rugby league stuff. And I wrote rugby league that's a little loosey goosey over there with yeah. tackles and stuff. Right. But <laughs> bruising runner, um, hard tackler. And uh, interesting to watch him play. Now, I mentioned the other guy, William. Um, why? What is this? Well, I'm, I, I'm mispronouncing his name, and I apologize. But he was plugged in at fly half for today, and I was I was hoping to watch to see how he would do because he was um, teammates with Danny Tusitala uh, okay. back um, back in their younger days. So you would think that familiarity between the nine and ten uh, would help spark some magic, but. 
it's not looking the case right now in this all sting game. So I keep poking over there. But, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard to look away. It's like a, it's like a car wreck, right? <laughs> it was a bit of a car wreck. A, a, a couple other names that I like a couple of young players that they're starting to, to bring up again. I mean, I mentioned Dante Lepresti. He's a, he's a local kid who who's coming up who I really like. Um, they've got a, a, another prop Jack is that I really like. He's a Gonzaga. Um, he's a Gonzaga high school boy, okay. uh, big kid. I think they're really, they're really high on him. So and I think it's it's developing that young talent. Yeah. I don't think they'll be household names this year, but you know, in a couple of years, if if they continue to grow, potentially. You know what's wild is the Free Jacks are kind of taking the same approach. Our backline um, is like all average on average is twenty four years old, and then our our uh, pack is like twenty two is the average age. It's incredible. So they've definitely invested in youth. You know, they're not one of these teams that are bringing in all these old guys that are like our age. You know, having their final raw. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great to see the investment in youth. I mean, that's what's good. That's the future, right? So hopefully, you know, in a couple of years, these guys will develop into great players in MLR for the future. Yeah. Let's talk. And I think, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. I was just going to say who has the best hair on DC. It's <laughs> a great question. I mean, I, without a doubt, I think new England probably has some of the, some of the players have some of the best hair. I think there's at least a few guys who can make the, the MLR all hair team there in yep. new England, but, um, you know, Danny Tusitala, he's got, you know, the dyed hair thing going on. I think Don Bailey's got a little bit of thing up top. I respect Mo Katz and the old bald look. You okay. know, that's a that's a good look to pull off. To, to pull off. But I think, uh, hands down, it's got to be a threat in Palamo. He's got that head and shoulders, Troy Palomalu look going yeah. on. You yeah. know what I mean? When, he, when he's running and it's flapping back behind him, hopefully leaving defenders in his wake. Such a great <laughs> look. So I'm going to go with uh, threat. Yeah, he's a living legend, man. Like he's one, yes. one of the youngest players to ever play in the World Cup. Uh, it's incredible. Funny story about him. And this goes back to just how uh, I think they're doing a good job of building up rugby in the D.C. community. There's a group that gets together and plays um, touch uh, down on the National Mall, where like the Washington Monument and Lincoln yes. Memorial, because there's a lot of big green open space there. Yeah. Um, and before um, the um, Old Glory had become a team, and even as they were starting to in that first season, I would go down and play on Saturdays before kids and all that stuff. But Thread would come out and play. That's all. Awesome. And um, he would just, you know, I guess he was just running around just to get a little bit of cardio and stuff. And, you know, he was clearly just uh, – so much better than everyone and everyone knew it and they knew who he was but yeah. and even when he wasn't taking it so seriously you could tell like the skill level that he had just the way he moved the ball his steps you were like man this guy's something good yeah. and it was cool because a lot of the folks now go to the games and they can say hey we play touch with him you know what i mean so like stuff like that i think is which is what is great about uh, the rugby community here in dc that's awesome yeah um, yeah, let's talk real quick about uh, hatred. <laughs> mm. Who do you dislike at MLR and why? Are you one of these guys that's like, no, I'm just happy to have the league here. I don't hate any of the teams. You know, uh, let's not say hate. Let's, let's say dislike. That, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll put, uh, you know, it's funny you say that. I was going to put my rugby morning cap on first and say, actually, I, I love all the teams. But now that you put it that way, honestly, I think uh, – you know, you got to tap into the rivalries between the cities, right. That are already existing between, you know, I, I'm not going to put Washington in that yet, but obviously between New York and Boston, that is so awesome. That's such a great rivalry, right. You insert DC in there, you know, eventually at some point, potentially Philly, I imagine they're going to get an MLR team. Right. And you just, you, you build off the sports rivalry that those that it's already exists between those teams, between those fan bases. And then you had a sport like rugby where they're hitting each other. I mean, come on, it's a great, it's a great atmosphere for, for some fun stuff. 
So I'll answer your question. Um, I think it's easy for a fan to, uh, I think with the LA Giltinis, you're, there's a there's a spectrum. You either love them or you hate them. You love them because they're flashy and they've got you know these Australian talent, or you hate them because that's what everyone wants to talk about. Uh, you know what I mean? They got pink and white uniforms. It's so LA. It's like come on, you know they're bringing on all these these big name players and yeah. their fans arrive 20 minutes late and leave 20 minutes early, like you know typical LA sports fans. So when Houston um, knocked him off last week, I got to say, I was really happy about that. Me too. Um, yeah, they're the evil empire, my friend. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't stand them. And I'm kind of like a, um, a Houston homer on the Western uh, side of things. Okay. Got a lot of family from there. Um, been there a couple times. Not to the actual rugby-specific stadium, but I, I really enjoy the city of Houston. Where we got so. Some- I was going to say, not necessarily dislike, but I have a bone to pick with you in, in New England. I was going over the MLR's website and I happened to look at the, the trade tracker, which is great. Okay. On the left of the trade tracker, they have the international player slot. And I was taking a look at it. Explain to me, Phil, why. And I know New England's got a lot of, they're developing a lot of great American talent, but yeah. New England and New York, they have the most international players on the roster. So yeah. we're explain going that to me, Phil. What's going there? We're going for it. We're going for the shield this year. I, I think TK looked at that first game and he's looked at the the roster that he has assembled and said, let's go for it. Yeah. Like, I mean, ultimately, you know, I think they have what 12 at this point, international roster spots. Yeah. They're going for it. Yeah. They feel like they have a team that can compete and get into the playoffs. I say this on this show all the time, get your ass in the playoffs and see what happens. And I, yes. And, or please proceed to the playoffs. <laughs> Thank you for showing that off there. That beautiful, uh, fantastic shirt. Um, yeah, so where can you get this shirt? You can get that at the Jack's Rangers show website, which is jacksrangers.com forward slash store. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate that purchase. You're like the, the few, the proud uh, that have purchased merchandise. I appreciate it. Um, what, where were we going with that? Oh yeah. I feel like they have a team that they feel like can get into the playoffs. And if you, if you get into the playoffs, there's no reason why you can't win the whole thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I think that's, I think that's what's happening. I don't think that they're like shunning their young American or Canadian talent. I just think that they think that they are good enough to win the whole damn thing. Phil, it's your show. I had to come on and, and give you a hard time a little bit. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I, like <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, so what is your score prediction for the game, which is once again, for the people paying attention, this is the free Jacks versus uh, DC that's happening later on this week. Yeah, I think, um, and we talked about this growing pains with Oklahoma this season. Um, here's where I'm, I'll be hopeful here and say that um, they don't want to stare down an 03 hole to start the season, the home crowd behind them. I think DC keeps it close within 60, 65 minutes. And I think, uh, no, New England escapes with a 28, 25, 28, 25, New England. I think that's how it happens. You know, that's just me being realistic and and hopeful looking at a 36, zero score to Austin right now. So that's, it's, it's tough, man. I mean, I, I appreciate the, the loyalty and, and the heartfelt passion that you have for D.C. I don't think it's going to be that close. In fact, I've got it on my T-shirt here. I think it's Jack's by 90. Baby. Oh, my goodness. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm going to say 14 points. I'm going to say 31 to 17. Uh, good guys win, which is the free Jacks. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the part that kind of scares me a little bit is the Jacks have not played well down there. 
That's true. really my only concern, to be honest with you. I think if you look at up and down both of these rosters, I think we have more depth. I think we have better starters. So as long as we go down there and execute the way that we can, I think we come away with a win. Um, that's been the problem, though, for the Free Jacks last year. Now, obviously, this year starting out, going down to Lola for the first game, we, we looked great. So maybe yeah. we uh, come, you know, f- climbed over that hill essentially of uh, having bad outings in away games. I'm hoping that that's the case because we will need to win away games to get into the playoffs. I think we'll be fine at home, but the away games are a big question mark. You know what? You you bring up a good point. Um, I was I was I was pleasantly surprised at how well New England played um, going on the road against um, Nola. In fact, I I. I had Nola win in that game. I had Nola win in by three, so it was kind of a pick em. I, I gave him the whole field advantage, knowing that, you know, it's tough to travel um, and win on the road. But I was impressed performance by New England. I got to ask you, though, um, how do you feel about New England having a very early bye and then they've got the rest of the season, you know, and coming out of a bye, right? Like, can you can you, can you kick it up right away like that? And those those are a couple of things that might play in the favor of Glory that can keep it close. And maybe at the end of there, there's five, 10 minutes that they're within five, six, seven points. They have a shot at it. So that's it, where it, I'm going. Yeah, it's interesting because I was thinking about that on the way down to Connecticut to the rugby showcase down there for high school um, rugby I went to today. I was like, is this a bad time for a bot? And what are they going to look like? I think a lot of teams last year, if I recall correctly, I don't have the stats in front of me. I'm not a stats guy, but I feel like a lot of teams lost the game that they came out of the bye from. And that's a little, that's slightly scary to me. Um, You know, so it's something to think about for sure. I think they'll be fine ultimately, but um, if they start, if they start looking bad in that game, I'm going to be thinking about this conversation that we just had. (laughs) Well, honestly though, if you're new England and you got your sets, uh, you know, your sights set on, on, getting in the playoffs and winning the shield, you don't go down and lose a game like this, right? right. This is a game that you right. should good at. Granted, anything can happen in 80 minutes of rugby, but this is a game you should go down and you should expect to win. You should play well yeah. and you can take out of there. Uh, you know what I mean? So they shouldn't lose this game, but yeah. anything can happen. And, you know, maybe old glory surprises everyone. And then I'd love to hear what your next episode is going to sound like. Yeah, I mean, we try not to do doom and gloom here, but, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll tell it how it is, you know. Uh, we'll put a positive spin on it, of course, because we want to find out what the issues are, not, oh, our team sucks. Right. That type of thing. Uh, we're fans, first and foremost, and we love this team. So, yeah, but we'll have question marks for sure. If they go down there and lay an egg against D- this D.C. team, I'll have some questions because we believe that this team is a contender, not just me, but, you know, the fan base. And I think the front staff does too. Look at the moves that they're making. So if they go down there and lose a DC, there'll be a question marks for sure to answer. Yeah, I, I bumped them up in the power rankings. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people that were watching this probably gave you a hard time about uh, being out of uh, 13. Loved it. Loved yeah, it. So um, our fan base is very engaging and uh, we're very passionate people up here in New England, man, for sure. Let's talk about – I'm going to open the floor here. Why should the Rangers, the Free Jacks fans in general, subscribe to Rugby Morning? Yeah, I think uh, simply if you if you want a, a quick and easy way to, to stay informed on rugby news with an American point of view, then, you know, sign up for the free newsletter. You know, it's something you can read uh, each day in, in under five minutes. In fact, a funny story, I have a, one of the readers, he, he coaches for a, a prominent touring side uh, down south. He tells me that he reads uh, the email every morning after his morning coffee nice. on the can. I said, <laughs> okay, I don't care where you read it, so long as yeah. you read it. 
but and and then on the social side, uh, you know, we don't we don't take ourselves seriously. You you see how I like to interact with with folks on um, social, particularly with the MLR power rankings. It, it was awesome to hear from 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 uh, Free Jacks fans and and listeners and followers of Jacks Rangers. Yeah. Uh, you know, and look, I I post my picks, my wins, losses. I had a terrible record last week, but I threw it up there and said, "Hey, let's go." You know what I mean? So, you know. Come along for the ride because it's fun and and stay informed and you know, yeah, that's what rugby morning is. Rugby fan made easy. Yeah, in all seriousness, I think it's fantastic. I I, love, I I'm the same way. I read it every single day. It keeps Appreciate me up to date about every single thing that I need to know about with rugby. It's all right there. It's curated very well, and I, I just think it's fantastic. And it's free, guys. It's not like there's hey. a charge. There's no fee oh. here. You know. It's just uh, it's keeping us well informed as rugby fans here in the United States. So I think it does a fantastic job. So appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Kudos to that. So I've got one thing here before we get out here. It's called one word association. So this is yes. completely, it's going to be a surprise. All right. Okay. So the first one here is <clears throat> District of Columbia. District of Columbia. <clears throat> what I think, I think, uh, I think power. Okay. Because. You got the nation's capital. Wait, am I supposed to be answering one word? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just one word. Okay. Yeah. Power. Power. I love that. That's a great answer. So rugby morning. Um, fun. It's yes, fun. I agree. Bill Baker. I enjoy doing it. Bill Baker. <laughs> OG. Yes. Because he's he he's the original gangster when it came to following Eagles overseas. OG. I agree. Free Jacks. Enemies. <laughs> I guess that's technically true. Passionate, yes. passionate. There as go. I found out, as I found out this last week, yeah. the Both Free Jacks them. fan base passionate. For yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. Power rankings. Uh, silly. It's silly. <laughs> there's no science behind it. It's just silliness. I mean, yeah. there's there's a little bit of science behind it, but it's, you know, it's silly. Free Jacks, or excuse me, I've already said that one. Jacks Rangers. Sorry. Um. One word. Um, I, just a good old time. Yes. You know what I mean? Because I, you guys are very formative, knowledgeable um, about your team. Uh, you love the sport of rugby. You love mixing it up with people. That's what rugby's about. It brings some interesting folks together. Sure. Just good old time. I'm going to use a phrase. I, that's fine. Perfectly fine. John, I appreciate this. This has been fantastic. You've been very gracious with your time. Your team is playing right now. So thank you for coming on here and surviving the gauntlet that is the Jacks Rangers show. We'll have you on again talking about DC, I'm sure. This has been awesome. I appreciate you very much. Good stuff. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate it. Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I'm joined, as always, with our brother, Dave McVeigh. Dave, how the hell are you? I am doing fantastic, Phil. How are you? Not too bad, my brother. So this is episode 28. We are going to be talking about the DC game that's upcoming. Uh, we're also going to be discussing Free Jacks news, and we'll react to the scores around the league from round two. Of course, our Free Jacks were not a part of that because we were on our bye week. Um, it happened really early this year. We're going to see how that affects the team going forward. But, uh, yeah, should be a good time here. Let's jump right into it with Free Jacks news. So America's Rugby News, um, our boy uh, Brian Ray, broke the news late last week that Dougie Fife, Douglas Fife III, has been suspended by Major League Rugby for three games due to an off-the-ball incident in the NOLA game. Didn't see this during the broadcast. Didn't see this watching the highlights. 
of this incident, if anything, I would have suspected that uh, Robbie Coleman would have been the person that received, you know, some uh, some suspensions been brought down by the MLR uh, disciplinary board because of his actions during the game when he was trying to punch some of our players and then, you know, put some of our players in the hospital. So, uh, Dave, what's your you know, immediate reaction to this? Yeah, you know, obviously this is unfortunate for the Free Jacks. Um, I, I do agree that Coleman was out of line and looking to hurt people in that match. It was it was surprising to see something come down um, only to one team. Uh, as we talked about, the match was pretty out of control for a lot of the passage of play. You know, the referee struggled to keep both teams um, following the laws. The breakdowns were really messy. And when that happens, there's, you know, a knock-on effect where things just kind of get worse and worse. Things fall apart. Um, and there were a lot of other off-the-ball incidents, guys holding each other, stuff that the ref really just has to to uh, put a stop to early, and then that takes care of it. Um, if you watch back and you slow the video down, you know, it does look like Dougie Five throws, you know, uh, uh, whether he's throwing a punch or an elbow or it's incidental, unintentional contact, you know, they're near the ruck. He is retreating. Um, he's offside, you know, so he's technically interfering with what's going on there. Um, he's just getting back to his side of the ball, but you have to be aware as a player in that situation, you know, A, not to run into somebody, and B, um, not to clock him the jaw or the side of the head if, if you do. Um, ultimately, fair, the Nolan yeah. player made a meal out of it, for sure, with like, he, he laid his arms out and fell back. Yeah, he, he sure set the table with the, you know, fine china, right? Like, he was, <laughs> he was making sure everybody everybody noticed um it, it is what it is nobody's going to be more frustrated with this than Dougie Fife I'm sure right. um I'm curious what the appeals process is if maybe we hear after you know the matches this week um or maybe even before if we hear it's been lowered to one or two weeks suspension I, I I'd be hopeful that we hear that Yes. Um, it is a new discipline committee. This didn't exist in years previous. Um, so I believe, you know, that's a first for the free Jacks, <laughs> a little bit of history making, you know, we can't help but do it. Uh, first player cited by the disciplinary committee. Um, in terms of what it's going to mean going forward, I think if Boyle's healthy and we don't have any reason to think he isn't at this point, um, He'll be in at 10, walk at 15, and we don't see a lot of other change uh, to the roster. Um, if Boyle's not available, I think we'll see Waka stay at 10 and maybe Mitch Wilson come in at uh, 15. Yeah. Um, they'll shuffle back. We have a lot of depth in the back three. So while Dougie Fife is one of our premier players, and so we're definitely going to miss him, it is a position where we have some ability to plug guys in. Um, and still play at a pretty high level. So uh, I would not hit the old panic button if you're a fan yet. Um, it's bad, but it's not real bad. Yeah, there's still the possibility of them reducing it. As you were saying, if you recall last year, John Poling saw a red card in one of our games. And I think the initial suspension was multiple games. And then all of a sudden, you know, there was no suspension whatsoever. 
um, yeah. which was fantastic for us at that time because we didn't have as much depth as we do now at nine. So a lot of people were panicking um, that we were in trouble, but uh, it came down, you know, a week later or less that there was no suspension after they initially ruled that there would be. So that was that was good news back then. And hopefully we'll have good news uh, some point coming up this week. The Dougies has been reduced. That would be uh, ideal and justified in my mind. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Fingers crossed on that. But as you're saying, we have a lot of depth in that backline area. So it, it's not the end of the world by any means. But of course, we want to have our most experienced star player back there at 15, because otherwise it, it kind of messes with the, the, the rhythm uh, of what we've got going so far. So I did want to give Waka a shout out. You know, we talked about him uh, last week being, you know, one of the best players in MLR for round one. Well, he was named to the MLR 15 for round one last week after our show came out. So congrats to him. Well-deserved. Um, during the bye week, we, we saw several Free Jacks players donating blood for Boston Children's Hospital. You just absolutely love to see that. Those getting out, those guys getting out there and being of service to the community. Um, that's just really great to see for sure. Yeah, that's great. I missed that, actually. I didn't know about that until just this moment. I love it. On the Instagram, David. Yeah, I, I got to get on the grams. I'm a little too old. That's where all the players are, my friend. So that's, that's where you true. all the, the good stuff. Um, I also mentioned uh, that I wanted to throw in here the uh, head coach, Scott Matthew, took a trip to Maine with his family during the bye week. How are you? Uh, are you a big lobster guy, Dave? You know, I'm not. I'm not a big lobster guy. I uh, I try not to yuck others' yums, as you say. So if you love lobster, power to you. To me, you know, it's a great big old ocean roach. <laughs> Just yeah. my personal opinion. There you go. If I you're can... in Maine, don't at me. Oh, I don't need it. Gosh. I'm good. Thanks. It's a bad take. I know. The best marketing of all everybody. time is Maine lobsters, man. I, I mean, they really. Yeah, they really did. You know, it was, in, it was industrialization and a uh, a particular train. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but it, it went from being you know cheap food, right? Uh, that was ubiquitous and not really enjoyed by anybody. Right. Uh, there was a train that uh, was like a luxury train that created this dish out of lobster and just like to it was all marketing. They just rebranded it as a luxury food, and because wow. the train was stylish. Yeah, that lobster dish became stylish, and then it totally 180'd. Man, it's a win for marketing. Congratulations, Incredible. lobster! Yeah, Multi-billion-dollar industry now. Incredible. Um, so let's talk about the results from round two that the Free Jacks were not involved in, but uh, you know the the league continued without our without our presence. Um, so let's see here. We've got some results. Can you see this, Dave? I can, yep. All right, so Austin Grill Gronies beat the heck out of the team that we're playing this week uh, on Friday, Old Glory DC, 52-12. to 12. And this was not even close. I think maybe 20 minutes in, they were up like 36-0 or something like that. So incredible, you know, the turnaround from Gilcrest ownership of this team where they were just the lowly worst team in the league you know, a joke to now that they're contenders, like serious contenders is pretty impressive for the jabronis. So, and, and this DC team, I mean, what can you say about them? I mean, we'll talk about them a little bit later on, but oh boy, it's gotta be tough to be a DC fan right now for sure. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit grim. They're good guys down there too. You know, I actually really enjoyed DC when they came to visit, had a great yeah. time. Um, so I kind of have a soft spot for them as a team. I got some fans, uh, fans, friends who live down in D.C. I'm trying to sell on the team and 
taking a little softer approach this season. You know, it's hard, to, it's hard to tell the locals who are not as into rugby. Like, yeah, go out, watch them get beat by forty-five points. It's a low. <laughs> it's a load of fun. Yeah, we'll talk about our prediction a little bit later on, but uh, that you know that that margin might not be too far off this week too. Uh, Houston SaberCats, the 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 Cinderella team from a week ago uh, during round one, um, barely loses uh, to the New Jersey Dirt Packers seven to ten. Um, that was a, apparently a very great game to watch because right at the death there, the Houston was winning, and then New Jersey gets the ball and just takes off and wins the game. So that must have been pretty cool to watch. Did you watch that one? I think you missed it. Yeah, I did. I watched uh, I watched pretty much the whole thing. I missed like the first 10 minutes, but I didn't miss much. Um, it was a close game. It was very – it's another match, a little bit like our NOLA match, uh, where it was just ugly around the break it, breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, real slow ball coming out of the ruck. So, you know, part parts of it were a little bit of a snooze fest. But it was close. Uh, at no point was anybody, you know, 57 to 12 in anybody. Right. Uh, and yeah. it made it really good. And around 75, 76 minutes, I started to feel – you know, it's seven to five. It's a it's a weird score, but you know, Houston might just do this, do us a favor, right? Um, and then like seventy eight minutes and fifty seconds, Ed Fido scores again. He's the big, uh, I believe, Tongan winger um, that plays for New York, and he scored the first try. He scored the second try. Only the third time in MLR history that one player has scored all of the points oh, wow. for. Um, a team. The other two were uh, when Sam Windsor did it down in Houston once, and uh, uh, Holland's head did it for New York once. So sure. now huh. Fido is the third player to do that. Uh, he's big. He's fast. He's hard to tackle. I do not envy our wings for having to go up against him. <laughs> right. Um, it's like tackling Jonah Lomu. You got to get low. If you go high, he's just going to put one of those big old dinner plate size hands on the middle of your chest and push you off. Yikes. Um, yeah. We got next one was Nola Gold and Rugby ATL, I believe. That was Nola nine and Atlanta fourteen. Yes, uh, exactly. So um, right now, you know, that was kind of a low scoring affair as well um, with Nola Gold losing again. So they're zero and two um, after jettisoning their, you know, their stalwart, you know, coach that's been there from the very beginning. ATL, you know, we were kind of hoping that they would fall off with them losing their head coach. But things are looking pretty good with them uh, 2-0 and right now and atop the Eastern Conference. Let's talk about this game here with San Diego Legion against Dallas. This is uh, a score that I was not anticipating, 37 Legion. But here's the thing is, like, Dallas put up a good scoreline here of 29 against uh, Legion, obviously still losing the game, but, you know, showing a little bit more offensive firepower. What do you think? Yeah, it was it was a pretty good game. Um it was very fast running. Dallas seemed to have corrected some issues from their first week, which you'd expect a brand new team to have. I mean, you got to remember these guys have even had minimal scrimmage and prep time as a squad. Um, so uh, actually, I thought even though they got beat, I thought that actually giving San Diego that tough of a match and showing that they can improve week over week mm-hmm. um kind of kind of means that Dallas might be on a little bit better of a trajectory uh as a team than 
people maybe thought they were going to be in this first season. And I'll I'll maybe I'll, this is this is a bold prediction, <laughs> but I think it might be it might be a better year to be a Dallas Jackals fan than an Old Glory DC fan. Okay, wow, that's that is I think you know they're going to have that first season energy. Um, they're going to pull some wins. They're not going to be amazing, but they're going to pull some wins out where they can. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they're going to surprise a couple people this season. They almost surprised San Diego last week. Yeah. Uh, incredible. Good for them. Uh, you don't want to see a franchise be like, Oh, and 16 or Oh, whatever. Oh, and whatever. <laughs> um, you want to see them win games and look competitive. Uh, so hopefully, I mean, obviously they've done that already with this scoreline. So yeah, hopefully, you know, get a couple wins, no big deal. You know, uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, Toronto arrows 16, um, LA Guiltini's 31. So LA finding their uh, footing after losing in a shocking fashion, uh, in week one, um, to Houston and the final, Final game. So this was the first game that was played in round two. I think this was a Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken. Seattle SeaWolves 20 to 17 Utah Warriors. So um, Seattle, you know, two and oh, don't, don't look now, but Seattle might be back, guys. I mean, it's impressive. And Utah uh, is now 0 and 2, which is kind of a surprise to, I think, a lot of people. Um, yep. Before we get moved on to other things, I wanted to ask you. So there's one, two, three, four, five teams that are 0-2 right now. Utah, NOLA, Toronto, Dallas, and D.C. Which one is the most surprising to you that it has not won a game yet? Mm, I think I would say Utah, yeah. if only because they've proven to be a team that can gut wins out at the end of a match. So, you know, a little bit like the Free Jacks, they're a never count them out team. Yeah. And they have so much finishing power with, you know, their, uh, I mean, our, our mutual love, Mikey Teo, everybody right. talks about him. You can't be an MLR fan without hearing about how great he is, but you yes. know, they're not wrong. Right. Um, and so I would say, I would say Utah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, Toronto's up there as well. We all expected them being, you know, home in Canada to perform better than what they've been doing so far. So I, I don't see them being down too much longer. I'm, I think they're going to have some wins under the belts over the next couple of weeks. And I mean, who knows where they're going to end up, but I think that they, they're not playing as well as they actually are right now. Yeah, I, I agree. Once they really get settled back in at home, yes, um, I think they're going to, I think they're going to elevate a little bit. Um, you can almost think of this as a farewell tour to last season, starting on the, you know, last season was all on the road essentially yes. for them this season, starting on the road, you mm -hmm. know, things, things don't actually change until they get to play in Toronto. That's when, sure. that's when things are going to turn the corner for them a little bit, I think. All right, let's jump into DC review here, guys, um, or preview rather. I don't know why I wrote review. So preview. Oh, I, I, there was one one more piece of news that I think we we missed. That I wanted to just throw in before we hit it, which is the trade um, where oh, the, yes. the Free yeah. Jacks gave up a round one pick and got a round two pick. So essentially, they just you yes. know downgraded a, a draft pick. Um, they also gave up salary cap room. Um, not actual money, but salary cap room. Mm -hmm. And they got an extra foreign player slot. Yes. Um, and so what that means really is that um, it confirms what we already knew, which is that the Free Jacks are, instead of blowing their salary cap on, you know, older, semi-retired internationals, um, like some teams have done, 
they are or or their entire cap on one player uh supposedly that's what the rumor right. is out in la you know uh instead of that they're targeting young athletic players from overseas who are talented and affordable um and that is why they can give away cap and get foreign roster spots it just gives the coaches a little bit more flexibility all those american and canadian players are still there on the team still practicing and they're going to be there every saturday um but it means that uh scott matthew when he's putting those rosters together just has a little bit more wiggle room on you know as the season progresses and players are not all fit for every match um then he's going to be able to do you know those those little coaching decisions um with as much flexibility as he can get uh it's a good move for the team it's not earth shattering but anything that lets the coach do their job better is is good for competitiveness for sure and i'm glad you uh, reminded me of that because i thought about it and it just didn't write it down so i appreciate that that's why dave is here um (laughs) (laughs) so just to clarify so that means that we can now field 12 internationals in the 15 in the 20 in the 23 in the match today 23 yeah okay Perfect. Well, yeah, that is good news. Um, I in the interviews that we had this week, I, you know, it was brought up about this, um, you know, almost as if we're forsaking our young American and Canadian talent by bringing these guys or uh, trading for these extra slots for internationals. But I don't see it that way. I mean, my spin on it is I believe this team realizes that it is it is special. Um, from the, the management position, they think we've we've assembled a good team here, so let's really go for it. Um, and bring in these, you know, these internationals into the actual roster um, to be able to compete for the playoffs and then the shield. I think that they're really going for it. You see this in other um, professional leagues where a team will, you know, basically like stack themselves to a way where they feel like they're contenders early in the yeah. season. They, they realize that, you know, this team is good enough to potentially go all the way. So I think that's what we're seeing. And that's that's just great news for as a Free Jack fan, and as far as I'm concerned. The, the the management believes in this team. Yeah, absolutely. I think my Twitter reply when that story broke was just like in it to win it. Like yeah. let's ride. Yeah. Um, you know, it just confirms that we are looking for that shield. Absolutely. To the DC preview, uh, this DC team has lost their first two games in ugly fashion, having been beaten by a combined 112 points in those two games and only mustering a point accumulation of 34 themselves. I mean, if that's not bad, I don't know what is. Um, In the offseason, they lost two key players. Jason Robertson was a breakout star at 10 for DC and really had great chemistry with their star nine, Danny Tusatala, but he, he left to join a recently promoted D2 French club. That just kind of gives you an idea of the salaries in Major League Rugby. So if a D3 team from France gets promoted to D2, um, you know, they're luring away our talent uh, by throwing money at them, which is, you know, that's just unfortunately the facts of the league right now. Uh, Mungo Mason as well was the co-captain on this team. So leadership um, in the back line there, or back row, excuse me. And he's headed off to Oxford uh, to study and play a little bit of rugby there as well. So, you know, these are two key departures um, on a team that is not, has not started out well. DC replaced these studs with young collegiate players that have a lot to prove, which brings about questions of depth, David, 
uh, with this team. Can DC hang with us for 80 minutes and make this a game interesting? I say no, they cannot. Um, just look at the previous games this year. What's your thoughts on DC? Uh, I, I think you hit it pretty squarely. They're going to struggle in depth. They're going to struggle as the game goes on. Um, they have not been able to get a defensive system that is working. Uh, if I'm remembering the last game with Austin, well, they, you know, they got beat on the outside a lot. Um, that's probably related to not executing a planned defense exactly correct more than it's related to like having bad wings, right? Like right. don't think of it as a, you know, like, oh, their wings stink. Like probably they're just tweaking things and need to get it a little bit dialed in. I wouldn't write anybody off based on that performance, but they got to get it working or they're going to keep bleeding points like this. Um, I do think that this should be a solid win, a solid performance for the free Jacks, one that they can really use to uh, springboard a little bit into the um, weeks to come. Um, But we can never forget that last year we went into DC week six and we got pushed around by a team that we thought were worse than us. They had a bad start. They, you know, and in, you know, in the standings, they were worse than us come the end of the season. So we got data that says that they should not have won the game the way they, that they did. So we can't let that happen again. Um, We will, we know we're going to bring like our aggressive defense that we saw in New Orleans. Um, that is going to be a trademark of the team this season. I really appreciate that. Uh, we need to pair that, I think, with reliable set piece. Um, that not that ours was terribly unreliable, but you know we need to get that ball secured when we have it, and we need to launch our attack um, from that. We need to both have our counterattack working. Um, and we need to have our, our set piece launch attack working. Um, if we can do that, score two tries from attack to two or more tries from counterattack, you know, we do both those things. I think we have it pretty solidly. I don't think uh, DC can put up enough points to, right. to beat us if we can score four or five tries. Um, it's hard to disagree with that for sure. You know, you, you bring up a good point about, you know, I will never forget that DC game because right after that game is when this little show started. So our first video ever in existence for the Outriders was our reaction and review of the DC game that we lost down there in DC. And I was not happy about that result. Um, you know, and I just, it, of course, it's in the back of our minds that that took place last year. This is a different team, um, and you can tell we are better top to bottom than that team last year was. I don't want to say, go so far as to say that we're better coached because it's so early to make that you know, judgment, but it certainly seems like we're further along than we were even back then, um, and that was like week six, I think is what you said. So, you know, I think the result is going to take care of itself if we play to our capability. And here's the thing that, you know, I'm sure that they're talking about there in their meetings is this game is not about BC at all. It's about New England. It's about us because we are better top to bottom than they are. No doubt in my mind. I'm sure it's no doubt in the manager's mind. We just have to execute 
away games. And we did that in the first game of the season, and it gave us all a rush of adrenaline and positivity because that is not what we saw last year with this team. We saw a team that kind of folded in away games when we were just like, well, we're, we're better than this. you got to do better away. And that first game was just, you know, we felt like we're climbing the mountain right now. Um, and I think this, will, this game will also show that, that we're continuing to climb up this mountain to get to the playoffs. Um, so I feel good about the game. Um, let me see here. We need a bonus point victory to stay on pace with Atlanta in the Eastern Conference. I don't know if it, they will have us a complete separation where we will have that bonus point victory, but that we need it um, to stay on pace with them at this point. So I feel good about it. You know, like I said, is you know, it's not about them. It's about us in this game. And if we execute the way that we believe that we can, um, then we will win this game. So. Uh, I will let you go first with your key to the game. Uh, my key to the game is hit hard and do not relent. Just right. beginning to end, I think we need to establish control, something we didn't do um, last time we, we played there at, uh, what, Sacred Field, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So here's my key to the game, and it's kind of similar to yours. Uh, and, and folks that are familiar with Cobra Kai will recognize this immediately. <laughs> Strike first strike hard no mercy so that is the theme of this entire episode no, no mercy do not let these guys don't be sympathetic towards them you know this is a team that has struggled in the first two games i feel like we can you know get ahead early but don't take your foot off the gas don't take your boot off of their neck no mercy uh we gotta put i mean yep i i, I agree absolutely we're gonna hit them um, no, no mercy is available. No quarter, right? Yeah. Um, so ultimately, you know, if we can go ahead and finish this team off as we should away from home, a better team should be beat. You know, we're a better team, so we should be beating DC point blank. You know, we're a playoff caliber team. We should have no issues playing this team, even if it is an away game. So moving on to my prediction. Okay, I loved my first round prediction so much that I'm continuing with that prediction. I'm just changing the the. Uh, and, and I know a lot of people is gonna be like, Phil, what the hell are you thinking? Because you're talking up the free jack so much, and you're you're downplaying DC so much. Yes, correct. But I just love for some reason I just love this scoreline, so I'm carrying it over. DC 17, New England 31. Um, what do you think? I think that's good. Um... I like that you're showing DC that the respect um, and there's nothing as dangerous as a cornered animal. Right. And right. not all, some of these 0 and two teams are going to snap back real yes. hard this week. Yes. Um, we don't know who it's hard to, hard to say, but it could be DC and they may give us uh, one hell of a fight. Um, I think that I have a, my margins a little bit wider, new England 36 uh, DC 12. I think okay. we're going to, I think what we might actually really be impressed with after this match is um, as much as our offense is our defense, see it work in two matches in a row and really, you know, choking guys down. Um, I think it's the area where the team has improved the most last season to this season, which is saying something because our defense last season was really good. Yeah, um, and this this season, only, you know, sample size of one, but uh, it looks it looks really fantastic, and I'm hopeful that we can both score and really limit. DC's ability to get down the field and play the game they want to play. So 36 to 12. I like that. Um, I feel good about, you know, both predictions. I think we'll probably be 
you know, in that ballpark for sure. But then again, you know, we could have our best game of the season here down there in D.C. and just absolutely blow them out. But here's the thing is that what we're not talking about, again, my focus is on our team because if, you know, we shouldn't be focusing on them, we should be focused on us, especially in a game where it doesn't feel like it's 50-50. It certainly doesn't feel like that. So, you know, just focus on us, don't focus on them. But this is a team that is 0-2. And as you're saying, you know, a, a animal that's backed up into a corner is just going to either lay down and play dead or they're going to fight back. Yep. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but I think regardless, uh, we're going to win uh, this game. So I feel good about the fixture. Uh, can't wait to see where the um, the watch party is going to be for the Free Jacks because that was so much fun during round one that I, I, would, I think I'll, I definitely have to go again um, and, and enjoy the uh, the fans and, and the, the players and have all, a lot of great time watching the game. And it should be a big win for the Free Jacks. Yeah, it's going to be a great match. Um, you know, say a, say a little prayer for all the Free Jacks forwards who have to defend the post, you know, that defensive position closest to the rucks. Because yeah. uh, I can tell you if there's one player at MLR I wouldn't want to have to play against as a big, slow forward, it's Danny Tusatala, right. their scrum half, who is just always looking to catch somebody napping around the rucks and, and, and cut up field. So, you know, I think Danny... Tusatala is going to going to score some of those twelve points. He's he's going to be good for a try, I bet. Yeah. Um. But we'll we'll come out ahead, and it's it's going to be, it's going to be fun. <laughs> oh hell yeah, absolutely! And we're here for it, guys. You know, can't wait for the first home game. But you know, watching these away games is fun too, especially if you're around you know friends and family or whatever. You know, maybe some people that never seen rugby before. Bring them to the watch party. You know, like I said, I'll probably be there, and we'll have a good old time. So. Yeah, this is uh, super exciting, and welcome to round three. No mercy, baby. And we've got two, one word. I was about to say two words. I was like, what the hell? Uh, we, can, you can always, we can always go, you know, call an audible, go let's ride. That's <laughs> yeah, what I'd do. I'd be like, oh, two words. Okay, that's what we got. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll uh, so what we'll do is we'll say the two words first, and then the end it will say one word. All right? All right. Just for fun. All right. So three, two, one. Let's ride. Let's ride. Huzzah. Huzzah. All right, Rangers, tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Get in contact with us on social media as well. Make sure you're liking and subscribing to the show on YouTube. Give us a five-star rating if you really enjoy the show on Spotify and all of the other podcast outlets that we are on at this time. We would really appreciate that. Hope you enjoyed the, the guests and also the Outrider segment this week. I know I sure did. Really looking forward to this match, man. All all signs point to the Free Jack trampling DC this week. So super excited about that. Round three should be a good one. Want to come out of this uh, 2-0 and heading into the next game. You know, No Mercy is, is the theme here, guys. Obviously, the episode is named No Mercy. I want to see that Free Jacks really stomp on some necks here in this round and, and show how good they can be. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Hopefully, we'll have a watch party to go to. You know, we'll keep you updated on our social media about that. But if not, maybe we'll do some, some stuff here where we'll do some live streaming perhaps prior to the game. But yeah, just, uh, you know, follow our social medias platform. And uh, we'll see you on the other side of this. Probably next Tuesday, we'll have an episode, of course, talking about the results of this game against DC. For now, go Free Jacks, beat DC, saddle up, let's ride, huzzah!